Abraham. He hadn't been renamed yet. His name was Abram. And here's what the word of the Lord said. Do not be afraid, Abram. Would you all read this incredible proposition and promise after the period? Next sentence, he says, Almighty God says, let's read it together. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. Wow. I want to be like Abram. But guess what? Abram really wanted to be like me more than I want to be like him. Because Abram never had the opportunity to be baptized in the name above all names and to be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, Spirit of God dwelling within us. And we get that on top of this potential, this promise, the exceeding great reward of Almighty God. I believe the Lord is extending that invitation to everyone here today. He wants to be your exceedingly great reward. Reward. Jesus Christ is our greatest blessing and the highest reward you can ever reach and you can ever attain the presence of Jesus in your life. Now we're going to jump to Ephesians 1.19. Let's read what the writer and church planter, missionary, Apostle Paul told his church plant in Ephesus. He says, I pray constantly, this is in verse 19, I pray constantly that you have the eyes of enlightenment and with those eyes you may see what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. God is not a God who leaves us the way we are, the way we were. He empowers as he delivers. And folks, he is our exceeding great reward. Jesus is the blessing. Everybody say, Jesus is the blessing. Everybody say, Jesus is my reward. Everybody say, Jesus is the source of all my life. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is the blessing. You all are welcome to take your seats today as I bring you a message called, The Source, Your Source of Blessings. Your Source of Blessings. Jesus Christ. Praise God. Now this service today is a means, but it's not the source. And everybody needs to follow me on this thought process, please. Your parking spot that you took up today, which I know are growing exceedingly fewer and fewer, and um, we are working hard towards what the Lord would have us do as we expand beyond the ability of this facility to suit our needs. We need a miracle, and we're praying for God's miraculous help. But just so you know, 5,900 East Jail is not the blessing, not the reward. It's not the source. It's a means. The, the singers today, they did a great job, but they're not the source. The songs today are not the source. They're a means to the source. Today's worship is only a doorway, and we pray it's the true doorway 
to the source that we all need today. Now, my preaching today is when you compare it to a well and a pump. My message today is just a pump. It's not the source. I hope and pray it will be a pump today for somebody. (laughs) Now, in case you didn't know, your body is designed to live with water. I want you to think about it for a minute. Water. Interestingly, our bodies do not have the capability to store water. You use what you drink within three days, two days. Depending on your activity, maybe within one day. You use up what you drink quickly. You can't store up water for next week in your body or next month. You can't store it up. That's not the way the human body works, and God designed it that way. And I don't believe he designed it that way just because it's a health concept. I believe it's a spiritual concept that God created us this way. So when we read about the blessing and the source, and we read about God being the living water, we start realizing you can't get it once and be done any more than you can drink a bottle of water and not touch liquid for two weeks. No, 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 no. That's a mistake. That's a huge mistake. The Lord Jesus Christ is the blessing. He is the source. He is the well. I want us to point our attention today towards the privilege of being a people who know the difference between the pump and the well. Let me show you a couple of pictures. Do you have a picture of the orphanage in Burma? Precious children. My beautiful wife standing in the middle, helping them all smile for a photograph. That's about 8,000 miles from here. Other side of the world. And those kids and those leaders of that orphanage, they need water to be able to be functional. And to live, just like you and me. Isn't it interesting that it doesn't matter where you go in the world, you're going to need certain basics, and you're going to need water wherever you go. So you know what? You and I helped them, and let's look at the next slide. I want to thank you again for helping us with a purchase of a pump for one of their wells. (laughs) Thank you, guys. And gals, brothers and sisters, it's been a a couple years now. But there you go. There's the pump. And uh, you can maybe see it just a little bit in the little pump house. But that's the pump. It's not the well. The attention is so easily mistaken to be placed on the pump. When the pump is not the source. I want you to join me again. And let's say the pump is not the source. Amen. The well is the source. As much as we love and appreciate those kids, and we're so glad for that orphanage, and we're so glad for the apostolic Pentecostal truth that they're teaching, they need physical sustenance, and they've got to have regular water in order to survive. Now, let me just show you one more thing on the screen, if we can. can do you have that pump video ready to play? Let's just, let me just show you another pump that we purchased for our friends in Burma. Uh, here we go. There we go. You see that um, pump that's actually uh, running by a little gas tank, and it, it's uh, connected 
to the well. It's sitting nearby the well. And look at this, what it's doing. Woo! Water is flowing because of the pump you bought for our friends and family members in Burma. And they are, that, that was when it began to flow for the first time. They were videoing and they were so exciting to, excited to send it to their home church in Denver where their pastor was baptized in Jesus' name. Couldn't wait to get home and baptize all of his pastor friends and families in Jesus' name. And there you have what was under construction, which is now much way past that stage. And they are, uh, they are it's a very functional orphanage, uh, yet another orphanage blessed by you as a people. Thank you again for your contributions, for giving to bless the work of the Lord. Our contributions for missions are astounding. And this is a congregation that knows how to give in the areas of sacrifice for places like this. I just had to show you those those videos and those pictures. Water, everybody say water. Water is essential for life and performs crucial functions in the human body. Water including nutrient transport through your circulatory system. So if I were you and I'm having nutrient transport issues through the circulatory system of my body, I'd make sure I'm drinking water. you got to have it. Water also performs tissue and joint lubrication. When you drink water, you're helping your back and your knees and your elbows and your neck. You're helping all the bones and joints in your body. A doctor told me a couple years ago that if I'm having back problems, there's a really good chance I'm not drinking enough because the discs in my back that separate the bones from smashing on each other are filled with water. Drink your water. Be sure you stay. Well, we should have had carts of water bottles to bring down the aisle today so everybody could be saying, yes, I'm doing in the physical what is being preached here today. But maybe you can get yourself a fresh drink following this service, all right? The maintenance of a a stable body temperature. Thank you, sir. Would you like to join me? Okay. You don't want to join a little drink? Here, take a sip. Go ahead. You've been working harder than me. All right. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, sir. Now, now, this is only for immediate family members, so... (laughs) Nutrient transport, maintenance of stable body temperature, body temperature. Water is the medium that allows the chemical reactions of the organism to take place, chemical reactions. You and I sometimes completely miss the urgency of water, the hydration. Now, a sad syndrome is called adipsia. So take this one home with you. Adipsia is simply the loss of thirst. When your system desperately needs water and you simply aren't thirsty. Adipsia. I pray God would never let me have spiritual adipsia. When spiritually I'm dying... I have no living water, but I'm okay with it. I don't want to ever get there. It's physically a condition. And symptoms of dehydration, even spiritually, become a dry mouth. Dry eyes. Chapped lips. 
and of course a lack of output. Headaches, muscle cramps. Mm-mm-mm. Folks, I'm just going to remind you one more time. Please never confuse the means with the source. We have a source today to get yourself completely hydrated in the Holy Spirit. It's not my job. It's not your brother's and sister's job, not your wife, husband, not your boyfriend, not your girlfriend's job. It's not your grandparents' job. It's our job to understand that when you have thirst, answer the call. Drink when you are thirsty. Folks, the pump is important, absolutely, but the well is the source. Let me tell you something real quick here. Pumps come and go. Means come and go. Churches come and go. Thank God Calvary isn't going anywhere but up. I'm going to tell you right now. But the pursuit for the true blessing must never change regardless of what's happening in our lives. Now, perhaps in this message, perhaps here today, we can distinguish between the pump and the well, the means and the source. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, the source, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His gospel is forever settled in heaven. He is the source, and his gospel is the truth that is forever settled in heaven. However, just like a well, the means of access, the means of extraction, uh, the locations, the mechanisms, the digging, the drilling, they change like everything else in our world today. Please, please follow. This is so urgent that you catch this because some people could catch a little tiny piece and, un, and misunderstand the concept and not know what I'm preaching about today. It's so urgent that you hear this. Can I just say that again? Just like a well, just like a well, the means of access, the means of extracting the water out of that well and letting it flow from the depths of the earth and the locations and the digging, those things change. But constantly water is always water and good pure water is necessary. Some, some wells you dig, there's no water there anymore. So you have to keep finding and keep digging and keep searching. There are places where, we, where, we've, where we've experienced a flow before And suddenly that flow is not there, and that's when we need to hear a message like this today, which I want to bring to your attention. Why would there be no less than 10 Bible scriptures that challenge us to seek our source, to seek him constantly, to constantly be in a pursuit of God? I want to tell you it's because God Almighty will never be put in a box and never be able to be put in a formula, and never be able to be put in a place that's, there it is, that's the well. We're going to go there every single day. That's, that's why that the Ark of the Covenant is gone right now, because people would worship the Ark of the Covenant. That's why it's very, very difficult to find when you walk back to the, to the upper room, if you've ever been to the Holy Land and you walk into the upper room, that's, that's a place where sinners are just passing through, taking pictures. Spirit of God has left that place until praises go up in that place in Jerusalem. And I've heard awesome stories of apostolics getting into church service in the upper room and having church all over again, redigging that well. But can I just tell you, there is a component of searching that God is wanting to infuse into our hearts here today. From where, from, let me just show you, Deuteronomy 4.29 says, if you seek him with all of your heart and your soul, you will find him. Everybody got that? 
First Chronicles tells us, and this is Solomon, who is being spoken to by his father, David. And he says, serve the Lord. The Lord searches hearts. If you seek him, he will be found by you. That's what he says. If you seek him, if you seek him, he's not just automatically and, and going to be like easily just boom, he's there like magic. He's going to be someone and something that is worth your search. Second Chronicles 15.2 says, says that Asa was told, the Lord is with you while you're with him. He was a king in the Old Testament. And listen to what the man of God said to him. If you seek him, he will be found by you. Proverbs 128 says, they will call on me, I won't answer. They will seek me diligently, but not find me. Mm. Lord, help me. Proverbs 7.15, so I came out to meet you diligently to seek your face, and I have found you. I have found you. Proverbs 8.17, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Isaiah 55, 6, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Hallelujah. Uh, Jeremiah says, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Matthew 7, 8 says, whoever asks receives and who seeks finds. Uh, Acts 17, 27 says they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might grope for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. He's right there. You know what? Two feet away from you, if you just raise your hand like that, God is right there. He's not far. He's not far from every one of us. He's not far from you. He's not far from me. But I just want you to make sure you know that we're going not for the pump. We're not worried about the pump. We're not worried about the means of access. We're not worried about the flow. We're worried about the source itself. And when you can find the source, then you say, God Almighty, shower me, flood over me just like Niagara Falls. Lord, pour it on like never before. Baptize me in your presence and in your spirit. Hallelujah. But there, can you all see from all those verses that there's a seeking that, ne- that is necessary? It's like gold prospecting. It is. It's, it's totally. It's, it's like oil prospecting. Careful searching and discovering where and what is the Lord doing. Now, now, now please, please stay with me, okay? Let's, let's try to stay focused here. Mobile, moving, unpredictable pillar of cloud in the wilderness is our indication of the presence of God. Remember? We knew God was there. Mobile, moving, unpredictable Pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. The choir sung about it. Hallelujah. Or or the praise team. So if you were in the wilderness, you have no highway, you have no internet, you have no Google Maps. All you have is Moses, your family, your tribe, your tent, your instructions, and you have, you get up, open the tent, and look out, and you see in the evening time, the pillar of fire, the iridescent spinning and turning of this glowing pillar that reaches into heaven. And then as the day breaks, it changes into a pillar of cloud so you can see that cloud, whether it's day or whether it's night, that is God's presence. Now let's talk about this for just a moment. It's a place of counsel, a place of provision, a place of guidance, a place of relationship with God. I've got to just show you something so important, everyone. Exodus 13, 21 says, 
the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So as, go, as to go by day and night. Pillar of cloud, pillar of fire. Watch this. Exodus 14, 19. Pay attention. Let's catch this. The angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved. Everybody say he moved. Uh-oh. You're okay to say uh-oh. Because suddenly we got movement and our comfort zone is coming to a screeching halt. And we've got to move when the spirit moves. We've got to move when the cloud moves. Watch this. The Bible says it moved. The pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them and it protected them at that moment in time. So it's mobile. It's moving. It's not predictable. You can't count on it being exactly the same. This is God's presence. This is God's way. God is a God who says, I want people to seek me. I don't want them just to be able to be taught me from, from, a, from a grandfather or a father. I want them to get me for themselves. I want for them to have a drink of the source for themselves. Seek me and find me. And you can't find me if you just depend on someone else. You've got to look to me for yourself. Watch this. The Bible says in Exodus 33.9, came to pass. That means it happened. When Moses entered the tabernacle, the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord talked with Moses. See? That's that relationship. God is talking. All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped each man in his tent door. And then watch this. Here's, here's my last verse about the pillar. I want you all to catch this. This is Exodus 40, 36. Everybody, would you just read this with me, give you a little something to do, all right? Ready? Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, now whenever is not God's, he didn't have to tell his people. He didn't get permission. He didn't say, you know what, it's a good time. I think we're going to have a little council meeting and move the pillar. No. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up and it was stationary, then they did not journey until the day it moved. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day. The fire was over it by night. In the sight of all the house of Israel. Throughout all their journeys. All right, does anybody get what I'm talking about so far? If you don't catch this part, you will completely miss the next part, which is the best. Okay, I got the best coming. The best is coming. One of the most essential lessons behind the cloud of God's presence. It's not the place. Everybody say, it's not the place. <laughs> it's not the means. It's not the method. It's the reward. It's not the timing. <laughs> it's not whatever we think. It's not whatever our, our opinion is. No, it's about the reward. So if you and I worship the place, seeking God there is futile. I mean, the pillar was just here last week. I don't see it anymore. Oh, I worship this God. Well, he's gone now. I want to hear from him. He's gone now. He's moved. The pillar is a mile away. He's gone over the mountains and through the woods, and he's over there. He's gone. Oh, but I don't want him to be gone. I built a house here. I'm comfortable here. I'm settled. I've got my family growing up here. I want there to be a cloud here. Come on, God, bring your cloud back. No, 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 no. It doesn't work that way, does it? Where the pillar moves, God's people move. 
It is so important that we understand that it's the reward. It's not the means. It's not the place. It's the reward. we got to be a people who know how to seek the Lord, even in 2021. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord. But be sure to know that if you seek him in the wrong place, you will not find him. We must fall in love with him and the source more than we fall in love with methods. More than we fall in love with, with means. Don't fall in love with the pump, church. Fall in love with the water. Fall in love with the well. Don't risk the source by falling in love with the method. No, no, no. Don't risk the source disappearing on you. Fall in love with him so much that wherever he goes, you will go. His people will be your people. Where he lives, you will live. And if it means we got to get up and move here or move there, wherever God leads us, we're going. We're not going to complain. We're not going to sit back. We're not going to pull back. We're not going to have a tug of war. We're not going to have a argument. No, we're not going to take a vote. You know what we're going to do? We're going to say, God, lead me. Lord God, you have a plan. You know where to take me. I'm going to trust you in your placement. So if you worship the place, you'll be in trouble. If you worship the method, you'll fall in, you'll get in trouble. See, you are here today for this reminder. The source of the reward is unchanging, but the means are always open and subject to change. Now, how about we make this super easy? We humans like to focus on the pump more than the well. It's easier because you can't see the water, can't see the table, you can't see the artesian whatever, whatever, Brother Dan Hammond knows in the whole water department of, of pinery. But listen to this. A study was done on rats. A rat was given four options. A rat was given four doors, four doors to go through. At the end of the fourth door, there was a piece of cheese. The fourth door. So the rat tried the first door, walks through, no cheese. He tries the second door. He walks through. No cheese. Third door, walks through. No cheese. Finally, the rat tries the fourth door, and he found cheese. Right? Oh, you would be, you would be applauding if you were a mouse right now or a rat. The next day, the next day, uh-oh, there always has to be another day. That's time for you. That's life for you. The next day, the rat was placed in the same room. And guess what? He didn't go through the first door. Nah. He didn't go through the second door. He didn't even go through the third door. He already tried all that. You know what he did? He went directly to the fourth door. Because he found cheese there yesterday. So there's probably cheese today. And guess what? He found cheese. The next day, oh, another next day. The next day, the rat was placed in the same room. But this time, they moved the cheese to the first door. Why does that have to happen? Why does pandemic have to come along and move our bearings and change our concepts and interrupt our comfort zone? 
Come on now, church. Y'all need to hear what I'm saying. This is urgently vital to eternity for every one of us here today because this is relationship-oriented here. Folks, this is what happened. The rat went straight to the fourth door, and guess what? No cheese. He spent some time thinking about it. He kept coming and going back and forth through the fourth door saying, man, there was cheese in here the last day, and the day before that, there was cheese in here. Keep swinging that door. Keep trying. Keep looking. Surely, maybe the next time I go through, it will magically appear. But then, without finding cheese, that rat did something we human beings find very difficult to do. The rat went down the third door. No cheese. Second door. No cheese. And finally, the first door. Woo! You tricky people. I found the cheese. It's in the first door. You guys are going to keep me guessing, aren't you? You're going to keep me wondering, keep me looking. The rat understood, church. Listen to me. The rat understood the fourth door is not the source of my blessing. No, 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 no. It's not the fourth door. It's not the third door. It's not the second door. It's not even the first door. It's not the door behind which the cheese is. My reward, my source of blessing is the cheese itself. So I've got to figure out where to go to get to the cheese. And when the cheese is no longer where I thought it was before, I'm not going to backslide. And I'm not going to say, well, we never did it that way before. Well, we never worshiped there before. We never had that kind of song before. We never did that kind of message. We never did that kind of method. We never done that method before. No, you know what we're going to do? We're going to say, God, help me keep swinging the doors. Help me keep finding the right door because there's going to be a source. There's going to be a place. The fourth door, if it doesn't work, try the third door. If the third door doesn't work, keep trying the second door. Keep on trying. Keep on finding. Keep on looking. Come on, let's be at least as smart as a rat, church. Can you help me be as smart as a rat and let's say, God, please let me not be satisfied to just keep hoping and praying that you're going to show up here when you maybe have left and you're gone somewhere else. God, I want to follow where you're leading. And this is why it's so important to choose carefully where you go to church. Because where you go to church is the place you trust your soul to the individuals and to the man of God who knows how to pray and seek the Lord and say, God, help us to know where you are every day, every, every hour. And let us not be settled in. Folks, generational message here today. I can tell you, brothers and sisters, I will never forget. I could take you today if we all got on a chartered bus, three or four chartered buses, I could take you to the place where I received the Holy Ghost over in Cherry Hills, my mom and dad's bedside. I can still remember the feeling of the, of the comforter under my fingers as the velvet was moving and it was in patterns. And I remember praying and feeling the unction and the need to receive the Holy Ghost. And then I remember when my tongue started losing control and I started speaking in another language. And I can remember so powerfully when the flow began. That was the reward. That was the source. I felt it. Now we could go back over there today, right now, and I could show you and I have a feeling there may not even be a bed in that room anymore. There may not be any, there may, there's probably no Holy Ghost filled people over there anymore. Down at 3920 South Clarkson, where I received the gift of the Holy Ghost, that cannot be my worship altar. 
Why? God said, seek me. Seek me. Find me if you seek me. <sighs> Folks, I could, now we could get back in the bus and let's drive up to Conifer. I'll take you to a mountaintop, and I'd be happy to show you a place where the sawdust filled the floor. Now it's a concrete floor under a, under a, under a pavilion where they, the last I heard, they stored, they stored uh, uh, old authentic uh, replicated cars, like uh, restored cars. But if we, you, we, me walked in there, opened that door and turned on the lights, I could take you to about to the very spot where I had sawdust all up in my nose and I had dirt all over me and I had been laying in the dirt, praying in tongues, speaking in tongues and moving under the power of the Holy Ghost. I forgot who I was, where I was and I could, I could build a little monument there and say, this is where God's presence is. This is where God is moving. But you know what? I'd be like that rat running back to the door and saying, where'd it go? Where's the blessing? No, 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 no. Folks, I could take you to Roatan, Honduras, and I could show you the place where we laid with our faces in the concrete, me and my sons, with tears, wetting the concrete right off of the, the shore of, of Central America. And we, I could show you the power, the power of God flowed and transformed our lives and we could build a monument there if we wanted to. I'm going to tell you something there. We could go to Belize where the power of the Lord poured out in an orange grove one day a few years ago when we were there. And I could, I could take you to Mexico and I could take you to Brazil. I could take you. But folks, can I just remind somebody right here right now that God is not a God who will let himself get locked into a place where you can put a marker and say, I'm coming back here. No, God is not that kind of God. God is a God who says, you seek me and you find me, but you've got to seek for me with all of your heart. I wish, I wish so badly things could just be like they were 30 years ago and things were just perfectly normal, quote unquote. But church time is changing. People are moving the cheese, it seems like. Can I just tell you, I believe it's God keeping us on our toes. I believe it's God saying, hey, I want some people who don't care what time it is. They know that I am present and available and I love them and I want them to love me. Remember in the book on prayer we just read, Brother Verbal Bean, a man much used of God, gifted man who possessed great insights. Brother Bean, one of his ideas involved multiple types of prayer that he called channels of the Spirit. He taught when we pray, we should be sensitive to which channel or lane of the Spirit is open. At certain times or seasons, God only opens one lane. We may spend a lot of time with supplications when what he desires from us is thanksgiving. Or we may be wanting to simply talk with God when he wishes for us to stand in the gap and intervene for someone else. So what we do, what we do is we keep trying. We keep reaching. We keep swinging doors. We keep saying, God, I want to find the channel. Lord, I want to find the lane. I want to find the door. In other words, folks, it's not up to you or me to know where God is and how he will be reached. It is God. God's business. So one of the lanes and one of the doors, I believe here today for everybody in this sanctuary, you can find a door right now that you can walk through in the Holy Ghost and you'll touch God when you pray. You will touch him and you will reach out and you will find that he is there. Your greatest reward is awaiting you. It's God who determines where the cheese is located. It's God who determines. We seek for him and we let God decide. 
praise God for his movement in our lives. Praise God for his blessing throughout the years. Thank God for his pouring out of blessings on our former, earlier sanctuaries of this congregation, of this, of this assembly. God is not located in one place where you can put a little marker and let's all go back there and worship. No, that's the way heathens worship their gods. We worship our God who is alive, dynamic, and moving. That is why I believe a lot of people find it hard to live by faith. Our faith, to really be faith, is expectant. And it expects a reward. So can I tell you, when you have expectant faith, your faith is not in vain. Our faith has promises and blessings. Oh, Lord, help us. Our faith... Folks, let's not spend too much time looking for the blessing in the wrong place. Wishing we could do it this way. Wishing we could go back over there. Wishing we could rewind. Wishing we could freeze frame a few years ago, a few days ago, a few minutes ago. No, 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 church. God is a God who says, I want a people who are my peculiar treasure. You know what peculiar treasure means? It means not attached to real estate. It means not tacked down, tied down to the mundane. But a people who are mobile and ready to be moved by God and used by God. Expendable for God's purposes. Expendable for his use. Lord God, help us not to focus on the pump. If we focus on the pump, we'll forget there's a well under the pump. Our provider's not the pump. He's, the pump is a a means. Our provider is the well itself. Woo. All right. Everybody understand this? I hope we're we're on track in here. Man, Pastor, we used to do this, we used to do that. You know what? That was the pump then. There's a pump today. Can I tell you what the pump today was? The pump today, today, was the worship singers up here leading us in some powerful worship. The choir leading us in two powerful, brand new songs. That's the pump. In my heart of hearts, I know that is the pump. It's where God is leading us. In a couple of weeks, we're going to go to camp meeting in in Castle Rock. I believe there's going to be a pump there of people moving and worshiping and, and spiritual leadership. But folks, I don't care where you go around the world, North Pole to South Pole, you and I have got to remember that it's not the pump that we're that we're serving. It's not the pump that we're focusing on. It's the provider himself, the well that is springing up, that is springing up unto everlasting life. Praise God. Oh, I hope this message is finding a place in your heart today. I think it's time for us to say, God, get me comfortable with a new location. Get me comfortable with new real estate. Get me comfortable with a new process. Get me comfortable with a new pump, Lord. If I gotta have whatever it takes, I wanna have the well flowing over in my life. Isaiah 12, 12, 12, says, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song he also is become my everybody say my salvation everybody stand let's read verse number three together therefore with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Somebody needs to start drawing some water. 
You don't have to wait on me. You don't have to wait on a song. You don't have to wait on a word. You don't have to wait on a testimony. This altar is open if anybody wants to have a well of salvation in your life. There was a woman of Samaria. She came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone away to buy food when the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it that you being a Jew ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? The Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God, and I believe if Jesus were here today, he'd look out and look at some of us in the eye and say, if you knew the gift of God that is in this place today, not in a physical, geographical location, not latitude, longitude point. No, it's your heart. The kingdom of God is not here or there. It is within. Jesus said, if you knew the gift of God and who it is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said, sir, you have nothing to draw with. You don't have a bucket. The well is deep. To this day, if you and me travel to the Holy Land, it's over 100 feet deep, that same well. Where then will you get that living water, she said. She said, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as well as his sons and livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Whoever drinks of this water two days, three days, because that's the way God created us. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. <laughs> but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. You and me are walking wells. Look at your neighbor and say, be a well walking wells where you go there should be water not because of your power and your perfection and your money and your fame no it's because you have a well that God has filled you with it is his spirit and out of his spirit flows the living water whoever drinks will never thirst but the water that I give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life John 4 14 he says it listen to this I want you I want to read it to you again he said anyone who drinks the water I give will never thirst not ever water I give will be an artesian spring within, gushing fountains of endless life. The water that I will give him shall become a spring of water welling up, flowing, bubbling continually with him into eternal life. Whoever drinks the water I give will never be thirsty. The water I give will become a spring of water gushing up inside that person. Everybody say inside that person. Lord, I want to be that person. God, I'm sick and tired of living a dry life, dry spirit. My spirit is shriveled and dry. <clears throat> it's a desert on the inside. God, I've got to have you. I'm tired of the sin I've been walking in. I'm tired of the habits and the addiction. I'm tired of the hurts and the hang-ups. I'm tired, God, I've got to have something on the inside that is matching that power. God, that power that the world is imposing upon me. On the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, if anyone thirsts, woo, I hope and pray today we've induced some thirst in this house. I hope today that our worship and our praise, and I hope that the preaching today has been a pump 
to say, God, Lord, don't let me live another day without the flow of the Spirit within me. Can I tell you how you know if you have the flow or not? Do you have dry eyes? Do you have a dry and parched throat? Are you able to gush out praises to the Lord and show the fruit of the Spirit everywhere you go? Or is life a drudgery and miserable from day to day and you feel guilty and drugged down by sin and shame in your life? You can hardly raise your head. I'm going to tell you something. Mark God is the God who says, I will take care of that. He said, if you thirst, then come unto me and drink. Uh, it's a thirst sensation when you are bound down to the things of the world. I want everybody here today to begin realizing that Jesus said, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. This spoke, this he spoke concerning the Spirit whom those believing him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. But the Holy Spirit was given just a few weeks later on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can I just tell you, there were people bound down with guilt and shame and they said, what must we do? Well, here's what they were preached. This is words that Jesus had said. They're simply being repeated by the apostle Peter. In Acts 2, verse 38, Peter said, Jesus, no, Jesus gave me these words. I'm speaking them right now. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost for the promises unto you and to your children and to all those that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Church, I'm about to get out of the way, and I want to give everyone here an opportunity to find a place in the sanctuary. You can come to the front. You can kneel where you're at. You can do whatever. But I want to invite you right now. Let's start finding a place in God. It's time for you to say, God, send that pump, Lord, and let the pump do its work. I'm looking for you.